Can you hear me? You're, you're on. Yeah. All right, guys. We, we normally don't have technical difficulties like that. Uh, that's a that's a once weekly thing, I guess. Um, so so maybe maybe quit we do quit fooling with the buttons. Quit fooling with the buttons and just just go at it. <laughs> I've got I've got to get my graphics up. We got to make this thing look good. Um, okay, let's go to the let, let's get to the questions here. Um, let's see. Uh, I have been having a lot of pain in neck and yoke areas for about a year. I get rehab, but no one can figure out the cause. I am also having some gastrointestinal issues. Um, it has been suggested that I may have SIBO. How do you test for this? And does this sound possible? And uh, I might've misspelled this. Um, uh, did I get everything right? You think? Maybe neck and I back areas. I don't know what they're talking about. Yoke area. Maybe know. back areas. <clears throat> Maybe back areas. But um, yeah, you know, those two are may not be related. You may have two separate problems. You're, um, of course, you know, you may need, if you're having a lot of uh, radiculopathy or nerve pain from your neck into your extremities, you might need to get... Uh, testing like an MRI, assume you've had some of this done. Um, <clears throat> so who knows what that is? It could be, it sounds like musculoskeletal. The GI problems are different, usually with SIBO, which means small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, you know, you really have too many, um, too many of the bad bacteria that have overwhelmed the good bacteria. That's why we always look at gut health. And, and SIBO is a tough one because um, it's hard to diagnose. Really, the test for that, um, which we don't do at the office, is more of, of a breath test. You, you, some of the GI docs will have this test, or sometimes I'll send people to the hospital to get a SIBO test, um, which is a true true way to diagnose it. It's, it's like a methane breath test. Um, but certainly, a lot of things can kick it off, and Sometimes it's, it can be a bear to uh, cure, but that's something we like to work with. We like to work with uh, SIBO because you've somehow upset that balance of um, bacterial milieu in your gut, uh, in your small intestine. Um, symptoms of SIBO, a lot of gas, bloating. Uh, a lot of times you'll have diarrhea, very loose stools. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's not as clear cut as you may think. You may go to a GI doc and they look at your colon and it's fine, but the problem's up in your small intestine. Um, but a lot of times it's usually bacterial and you could have a lot of pathogens that can contribute to that. It could be from the treatment, you may have taken some anti-inflammatories or certainly prednisone can kick off SIBO. Um, you know, a lot, and certainly antibiotics can as well. Um, so a lot of times we kind of, if you don't want to go through that extensive testing for SIBO, um, you know, you can kind of by elimination come up with that diagnosis. And a lot of, you know, it's very, very treatments for them. One of my favorite is, is to wipe it out with something called Zyfaxim which is an antibiotic that's just absorbed in your gut. 
it doesn't, it's not absorbed in your other, bo other body parts or blood. It doesn't get into your bloodstream. It's, it's kind of expensive. Um, so a lot of times it's a hassle to get it, but, um, Rifaximum or Zyfaxum uh, are two um, treatments of the same thing. One's just a generic statement for the other. But um, that sometimes will wipe it out. Um, and there's other things you can do as well. Um, you know, a lot of times you can use herbals that, that may help SIBO. Um, there's, there's so many different treatments for SIBO. It's just hard for me to mention them all here. But one good way that we diagnose things is by, like I work with Robin Riddle a ton on this, and she's the, really the expert on it, um, is by getting a GI map, and which is a stool test, and looking at that gut microbiome. And it has tests in there that, like, for example, levels of calprotectin and zonulin to see if you have a permeable, permeable intestinal uh, mucosa, uh, leaky gut. And if you do, that, that may be what you have. But SIBO is, is uncomfortable. It's prolonged. You're going to have some weird bowel movements. Um, and a lot of times it'll last a while unless you kind of jump on it. But I know certain things can kick that off, like antibiotics. Prednisone certainly can. Um, and maybe even nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories. Stress can, call, can kick it off. Um, that's one reason you need a good probiotic and prebiotic and digestive enzymes. Um, but it's a tough problem. And sometimes it's more of a diagnosis of exclusion than it is. Here's your blood test for SIBO. Well, there's really not a great blood test for SIBO that I know about. Um, but there are tests for it. So um, if you kind of can rule out the other things and, uh, kind of guess that if you don't want to go up and get these breath tests, um, then you start treatment. Sometimes I'll even, if I'm pretty sure that's what it is, then I will uh, prescribe a two-week course of Zyfaxim. And sometimes even longer than that, Zyfaxim is a great antibiotic for um, traveler's diarrhea as well. Um, this is just a short course of it. But for something like SIBO, it's going to take two weeks of a pretty strong um, GI antibiotic like uh, Zyfaxim to, to cure it, but um, it's a tough one. Um, so I can't really relate those two problems together. You know, the neck, the treatment for the neck, neck may have caused some GI upset, but you certainly, if you continue to have these symptoms, uh, get a stool test. I mean, you know, it can be even kicked off by parasites, yeast, um, as well as pathogenic bacteria. Uh, so unless you get that GI map, you're just kind of guessing at it. Um, you know, even C. diff from taking antibiotics can be in that mix. So um, if you have a lot of gut problems, you might want to consider getting a workup on it because you don't want to uh, kick off an autoimmune process for sure. Don't let it go too prolonged. Another thing with SIBO is uh, Robin Riddle did an explain this episode uh, solely focused on SIBO. So if you want to dive a little deeper um, into that breath test and some of these, uh, some of the ways that we treat it um, or any integrative medical practice um, is treating it, check out that episode with Robin. Um, I'm going to put this up here. Uh, 
Ernie's with us tonight, Pop. Hey, Ernie. Ernie, Ernie, what's going oh. on, man? Yeah, Ernie so usually doesn't have... come in with us. He's usually exercising this time of night. <laughs> Ernie, are you, are you are you taking the day off from from your workout uh, to hang out with us? Uh, well, Ernie, we we certainly appreciate uh, him. He certainly uh, he's he's the man. He's our physical therapist in the King. He's an ama office. amazing uh, person as well as physical therapist. So if you have any kind of the guy with neck pain or or girl, you need to come see Ernie, and he'll get to the bottom of your neck pain. Uh, for sure. Um, Ernie's the bomb. But, uh, all right. We got a good question here, um, regarding integrative physicians and, uh, and birth control pills. Uh, before we get into this, though, I, I do want to take a poll from the audience. Do you guys say integrative medicine or functional medicine? Uh, dad and I were talking about this this weekend and we could not for the life of us decide which one was like the, like, what do most people say? We were like, they both kind of work. So uh, let us know in the comments, integrative medicine or functional medicine, uh, what do you guys use? What's, what's the term you use? Um, okay, the question is, I have heard several integrative physicians mention on podcasts to steer clear of birth control pills. Do you agree? And could you please explain why? Well, if you know, I don't know that everybody needs to steer clear of them. If you're trying to prevent pregnancy, they work great or regulate your periods. If you have, you know, terrible periods, then they work pretty well. The reason they say this is because, you know, they're synthetic hormones and certainly, you know, it'd be more natural not to be on them uh, for sure. Um, and there's other ways to prevent pregnancy. So, um, and it seems like most women at some point in their life have taken birth control pills, usually for prolonged periods of time. I certainly don't like for people to take them for prolonged periods of time because, you know, they, they can shut down your own production of hormones and certainly they will lower your testosterone level. And so, you know, it's, um, it's a double-edged sword. They're, they're definitely great at preventing pregnancy, but, um, you know, I just don't like prolonged use of birth control pills. And mm -hmm. certainly, you know, I see a woman in her forties, mid forties and, and I just definitely don't like to see that. And a lot of times a doc will put you on that just, uh, even to control menopausal symptoms or perimenopausal symptoms. So I'm not really for that. Um, of course, when we use hormones, we use bioidentical hormones that come from plants are identical to what you, your body normally makes, but they don't, uh, they're not birth control pills. They don't prevent ovulation. So, um, I mean, a lot, they put a lot of young girls on it for, for acne and uh, period control. So they have their pluses and minuses. I would just try to avoid prolonged use of them. Um, so I would never tell anybody never to use them, but um, I think that's a good, you just don't want prolonged use in the later age. You, don't, you shouldn't take them. Although you can right. get pregnant, in, you know, late 40s. So make sure you. You watch out for that. Um, so we got Bianca. Bianca saying functional. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see here. Bianca saying functional, but started saying integrative because that's what I thought PM was. Uh, Deborah saying integrative. Uh, let's see. Janet saying integrative, and also hello Ernie. Um, let's see here. No more votes yet, but it, it looks like integrative's in the in the lead. 
Uh, but I'm interested in 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 uh, Bianca saying functional because I, I've heard I've heard a lot of people say functional. A lot of people um, like functional. I hear more integrated, but a lot of people just don't know what that means anyway. And it really means getting to the root cause of the problem. It's just a different way of practicing, you know, more focused on uh, finding the cause of something rather than just write a prescription for a disease. Um, but it is functional is what, in a way. So you would say that's what functional medicine means as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, to me, they mean the same thing. It's just a matter of uh, semantics. Um, okay, let's get to, to this question that came over on Instagram. Um, how much of a priority is resistance training in your daily exercise routine? This seems to be about your routine. Um, how much of an emphasis do you place on it? Resistance training. The highest, the highest emphasis. I think that's the most important part is uh, resistance training um, because you're trying to build muscle, um, which builds bone, it burns fat, it helps energy levels. It helps every organ in the body. Um, so I think, you know, everybody needs a little bit of cardio as well, but you don't need to kill it with cardio. It just depends on what your goals are. You know, when I do cardio, I do more short periods of high intensity training, like a Tabata or get on the rower for 10 minutes. Um, but most of my training is focused on resistance training. Um, you, I use a lot of bands. Everybody's probably seen, if you go to some of my podcasts, I, I did a workout, a mini workout on one of my podcasts. I have a lot of bands in my, my own little gym. Um, I have a lot of free weights. Um, I think that, um, I do a lot of push-ups, a lot of pull-ups. Um, I do a lot, I try to do a lot of squats and uh, the TriStar guys are getting me to do a good um, uh, deadlift, which may be the most important uh, exercise there is if you do it correctly. If you don't do it correctly, then it can lead to problems. Uh, so that's why I like those guys. They teach you how to do it properly. And I've seen them, uh, they, they, they have my 86-year-old mother-in-law doing deadlifts and squats, which is phenomenal. She's in great shape. But uh, she's able to, to do that. So very important to work, especially as you age, on your hip hingers, uh, you know, to where you're able to get up from a seated position. As Ernie will tell you, and Ernie does a great assessment for, um, you know, balance and muscle stability. And what you're trying to do is prevent falls. And if your lower body, I find that um, – as I get older, my lower body needs to be trained more than my upper body. Um, it seems like you lose your strength there faster than you do your upper body. And work on the backside as well, both on your upper and lower body, like your glutes and your hamstrings and certainly your scapula and your lumbar musculature. But uh, so I would say short answer, resistance training is, a, is the focus of my training. I love to ride bikes. I like to walk. So I get most of my cardio there. Um, we call it zone two, where you're either riding or walking at a at a good, comfortable pace, but can carry on a conversation. Your heart rate may be around 120, but you're certainly, uh, and you need to do it for 30 minutes a day, at least on the zone two training. Um, but I hope that helps. I love resistance training. 
you're trying to build muscle. I love it. Uh, shout out to grandmother Mary. Uh, I love that she deadlifts. I think that's so cool. Um, okay, let's get this. This is uh, Dylan wants us to talk a little bit about protein shakes and some of the best brands. Um, so just in general, what's your thoughts on protein shakes? Um, what type of protein do you like um, in terms of this could be post-workout. This could just be trying to get more protein in your diet. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, Cause I know I you have, like, I, know. I like hemp, you know, I don't like the dairy stuff so much. Um, so many people just can't digest it. Uh, I like perfect aminos. We use a lot of that. Um, you know, if you use whey, the hydrolyzed whey is the best. Um, I'd avoid soy if you can. Some people do pea protein, but I, I tend to like hemp. And of course I like, I think you should eat, um, you know, I'm not really a vegan. I don't, you know, I don't say vegan or vegetarianism is all that bad, but it's a lot of times it's hard to get the protein uh, through plant-based sources. It's, it's just not as potent. Um, so I like animal protein uh, as well through what you eat. Um, you know, like meat, organic chicken, fish, those type of things. But I love hemp hearts. I do a lot of uh, hemp protein. Uh, to me, that's the best thing to put in your shakes. Um, there's such a variety, so many people that sell it. Um, I'd have to get you, you know, maybe some pictures of some of the, the stuff that I do. Certainly, you know, uh, a small scoop of per perfect aminos is a really good pre and maybe post workout little drink. Um, it's not really like a shake. You just put it in water or take the capsules. I prefer the, the, uh, powder, but, um, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I think that needs to be a, a, a dive into diet episode with Lucas. Cause I know, uh, like he's somebody who does all this research on the different brands so I'd be interested in what he says about uh, protein shakes and and how he goes about that. Uh, some of the, That'd be a uh, great person to talk to. He's an amazing nutritionist trainer. I mean, he, he knows his stuff. He he knows supplements as good as anybody I've ever talked to. Uh, I'm writing that down for a, a dive into diet episode. Um, all right, let's go to uh, let's see here. Um, some 20 year olds having babies now are asking family members to get a Tdap vaccine. What are your thoughts on this? Why is it needed now? Uh, didn't we have that as a toddler? Yeah, supposedly you need a booster every once in a while. Um, tetanus, diphtheria, pertussis, and there's kind of a comeback with whooping cough. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of, of young people um, not wanting their their parents to come see their, their babies because, uh, they don't have that. So, you know, it's not a bad idea. Um, you know, I mean, you typically they say you should have a tetanus booster every 10 years. Um, but, um, there, there's some of these things are making a little comeback. Personally, I've never seen anybody with tetanus. Um, but, uh, we used to call it lockjaw. Um, but certainly kids are at risk of having these, uh, pediatric illnesses, uh, you know, much more frequently than adults. 
I just don't see a lot of adults having this. So, but, um, but maybe, you know, when you have kids, you know, they need to listen to you. When your kids have kids, maybe you need to listen to them. You want to see your grandchildren. And that's something I'd love to see is some grandchildren, Ben, you know, come along and point someplace. You have three kids in their mid thirties. I have no grandkids. You know, I hate to put you on the spot, but anyway, uh, <laughs> here I'm 67 years old. I know people my age that are great grandfathers, you know, but <laughs> um, I'm putting you no, on the spot. I'm sorry. I hope that helps you. Uh, thank you for that question. And, uh, um, and thank you for that comment, Pop. Um, <laughs> let's go on to the next question. Um, okay. Uh, I have a question about using household grade peroxide diluted in water and drinking it to cure bladder cancer and tumors. Would Dr. Rogers be able to share any information about using this type of peroxide orally? And if so, what are the benefits compared to the risks? Yeah, I'm not sure if taking oral hydrogen peroxide is going to cure bladder cancer. Um, you know, again, uh, I take, I'm kind of a blend between traditional and alternative. So I want the best of both. So I recommend you get, uh, both kind of treatments. Um, and as far as I don't have any experience with using oral hydrogen peroxide, um, certainly, um, I have experience using IV vitamin C and uh, some of my patients actually will take nebulized hydrogen peroxide for, um, you know, pneumonia type things, viruses, even bacterial illnesses. And it's supposed to be pretty effective. Um, you certainly have to get the food or the pharmaceutical grade for that. Um, but uh, so I'm not sure about the the uh, the bladder cancer and taking it orally. But, you know, the thing that, um, you know, you can't go around claiming that IV vitamin C cures cancer. But what it does, it, um, when you get IV vitamin C, it really converts to, to hydrogen peroxide. And the theory on how it's supposed to kill cancer cells is that it um, it's, produces a lot of oxygen, which kills cells. And... It turns out most cancer cells are, um, you know, they're, they don't like hydrogen. They're not able to recover that damage that hydrogen peroxide does to cells that normal cells can recover from hydrogen peroxide that cancer cells really don't do well with that. You know, the, the super oxygenization, you know, goes in there and, and, destroys a lot of cancer cells. Um, so that's the theory on it. But, you know, of course, you're not going to have the massive testing that you're going to have um, uh, with hydrogen peroxide. Um, you know, you even think a lot of times with bladder cancer, they go in there and, uh, and instill BCG into your bladder. And that's how they use that um, kind of chemo local chemotherapeutic uh, treatments to your directly to the bladder. And I, I'm not, I haven't heard of them instilling hydrogen peroxide in there. So I don't know. Um, but, you know, do it. You need to do a deep dive on that and see 
um, you know, about that kind of treatment. You know, I'm not against hydrogen peroxide. I think it's there's a lot of benefits to hydrogen peroxide, but that's kind of how it works. And that's why I do like uh, IV vitamin C for a lot of things. But again, get your opinion from the, uh, the standard treatment first and see if you're responding. And also look at alternatives that you may be able to do at the same time. Super interesting. And get on a get on a key. I, I I think if I had if I had any kind of cancer, the first thing I would do would be get on a uh, you know go into ketosis, get on a ketogenic diet, and I'd I'd uh, start some IV vitamin C. Sometimes you don't want to mix that IV vitamin C while you're getting chemo if you happen to be getting chemo, but um, you know you could certainly. Uh, consider those, but always do your own research and get, take the best of both worlds. Um, Great question there. Thank you for that answer, doc. Um, let's go to this question. Um, I have a friend who's experiencing severe mouth slash tongue pain. She is two weeks post COVID. The question is another friend has been dealing with similar mouth pain for several months and was diagnosed with burning mouth syndrome. Wondered if you had any suggestions for possible treatment. Yeah. Um, burning mouth syndrome is a terrible thing to have. It's kind of rare. It's idiopathic, meaning we don't know what causes it, but there's several postulations of what may cause it. Um, certainly the first part of your question about um, the COVID causing mouth problems, I've certainly seen that. Um, and I hope it doesn't, kick you into burning tongue syndrome because that can last for a long time, be very debilitating and miserable. Um, but, you know, of course, COVID can alter your sense of taste and smell. And one thing that, of course, we, we put everybody on NAC and um, high dose omega-3s. Um, it wouldn't be a bad thing to uh, use um, methylene blue and just kind of uh before you swallow it you know just swish it around in your mouth if you have that it's pretty good for canker sores and and uh oral herpes as well um so you might try those treatments for the the covid uh mouth problems and and the other thing you might even try it may make it worse temporarily but i've had some uh people get their taste back by um chewing some nicotine gum. I did a podcast on that, as a matter of fact. Uh, nicotine has been given a bad name because of cigarettes, but the nicotine in it is not really, although addictive, it really has a lot of advantages. So, um, but certainly LDN is a treatment that I love that nobody thinks about. Methylene blue is another one. Um, but burning mouth syndrome, something you don't see a lot of, you hate to see it because it's frustrating to treat. Um, but I do know that, um, I see it more, I see it very infrequently when I do, it's usually a perimenopausal or menopausal woman. Uh, so I think a lot of it may tie into lack of estrogen. I was explaining to a new patient today why she needs estrogen. Um, you know, she's menopausal and why you need it is to protect everything. Um, but, um, including bones, heart, everything, um, brain, but 
So there's a lot of theories on what causes this. Usually something kicks it off. And if you biopsy it or go to an ENT, they never find anything. It, it's not going to show anything when they take a sample of it. Um, it's almost like a neurogenic pain. It's almost like a nerve pain. And, and a lot of people think it is a nerve pain. Huh. It, you know, it's just uh, nerves, kind of like a trigeminal neuralgia um, that causes terrible facial pain. A lot of times they have to go in and take that nerve out. Um, but a lot of times uh, hormonal treatment, people with hypothyroidism seem to get this more often than other people. Um, certainly you have to look at the gut, you know, your mouth is the first part of your gut. So it may be a gut dysbiosis that may contribute to this. It's usually multifactorial. Um, it's like a perfect storm. And when it happens, and if you do get this, it's a really frustrating to have because everybody starts to think you're kind of nuts, you know, because they can't find anything. They'll start treating you with antidepressants and everything else. But, you know, I'll definitely try outside the box things for this. If nothing else is working like methylene blue, um, I certainly look at your hormone levels, look at your thyroid levels, look at your microbiome, certainly take a pre and probiotic. Um, but I think life extension even makes a, um, a probiotic for your mouth. Um, you know, I think that's pretty good. Sometimes it's tied in. Usually you can have a pretty dry mouth as well. Um, xerostomy, they call it, which is not a lot of fun. Uh, there are treatments for that, but I would do some of the alternative stuff as well. If nothing else is working. Uh, and I love LDN for many, many things. It helps neuropathic pain. Um, it's, it's really good. A lot of people get on, unfortunately get on narcotics for that burning mouth syndrome. And sometimes hmm. even Gabby Penton may help it, but I just hope it doesn't turn into a, a months or years long ordeal for your friend. Um, but have them see if they're not getting in anywhere traditionally, have them see a integrative or functional medicine doctor to see if they can try some other things for it and maybe look into some of the root causes that the other doctors may not be looking at, like your hormones, especially if you're a perimenopausal woman. Super interesting. You know, I, I I've never heard of burning mouth syndrome. Um, it's kind of uh, so rare. It's, I've seen it several times and it's, it's not fun to have it. Um, thank you so much for that question. And uh, guys, that's going to do it for the questions that came in throughout the week. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, those came over email, Instagram, a uh, few on Facebook. So, uh, so thank you so much for that. Oh shoot. I, I, I think I, I forgot one. I'm sorry. I got, uh, let's see here. I thought I had one. Um, let me see. Okay, I have one. I have not written it in, so you're going to have to listen to me here. All right, this question is, uh, I was taking Ozempic, but the pen I had was one uh, Andy, which is uh, my brother Andy Rogers, uh, gave me. So, of course, I finished it. Uh, insurance wouldn't cover any more. The question is, so now I'm in the process of trying Mojourno because the Ozempic didn't do anything for me, but it's still awaiting uh, prior approval. Is it possible just to get it somewhere else without paying a fortune for it? I've read that you can get it in Canada, uh, and this is in reference to uh, to Ozempic. I'm, I'm assuming. 
Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, yeah, the only problem, of course, we love those products. Use a lot of Zempic. Uh, I can't tell you how many times a day I used it. It's a lot, but um, it's a great medicine. Of course, it's a di diabetic medicine, and it, we use it more for weight loss than anything because those people are usually insulin resistant, pre-diabetic or full-blown diabetic. But, um, you know, the only problem we have with it is the cost of it. If your insurance won't pay for it, a lot of people with a coupon and good insurance will pay $25 for it. But if you don't, you could pay up to upwards of a thousand dollars for one pin to last you a month. So that's untenable for most people. Um, so I'm, you know, Canadian, uh, sources may help. I, I personally, uh, haven't seen any, anybody get it from Canada, but you can certainly try. Um, but there are, you can get a compounded semi-glutide that is similar to, um, to Ozempic and Mongerno. Um, and it, it works well, you know, it's, it works well. We've done it and it's a lot less expensive. What I, what I always try to do is, is prescribe Ozempic and then maybe Mongerno and do a prior approval. If it doesn't go through and it's working great for you, if we've provided you a sample, then I have nothing against trying a compounded semi-glutide, uh, which is very similar, a lot of similar actions. Um, it's not the brand name. You have to draw it up in a vial instead of the, the neat pen. But certainly if you, if you need it and you're not, uh, you're having success with it and you cannot get it otherwise, then, you know, we will uh, prescribe the semiglutide for you. And, and this kind of goes, uh, it, it, it's from the, the, the same person here. And I think this is going to help a lot of people listening who have uh, been considering Ozempic. Um, it says, also, I am not diabetic and the 0.25 Ozempic helped a little bit. But once I went up to 0.50, I ate and craved food uh, a lot. Not sure why. I had no side effects from Ozempic at all, except the small um, decrease at first and the huge increase in terms of cravings when I went up. Uh, any advice for that? Is that something you've heard before? That's really odd. Yeah, I've seen that one other time. Uh, so I just backed down the 2.5, you know. Um, Point you're going to get usually you're going to point two five, but you're going to get a lot more weight loss at the higher doses. Again, you can go up to two milligrams. Um, but uh, I've seen people lose weight on the point two five and be very satisfied. Sometimes nausea is the most common side effect. So if you get nauseated at the point five or one, just back it down. And again, remember, you got to eat a low carb diet. You know, this is a great treatment. It's a good way to get started. And in my experience, most people need some help with this. But once you learn what to eat, low carb, then, you know, your problems are going to be solved. This is just a good way to, it's a good way to help you get there because it is a metabolic problem. Unless you're eating low carb, just like a diabetic chasing their sugars all over the place by just giving more insulin. You know, that's not the point. You need to eat low carb. A uh, great question there on Ozempic. Um, great answer there, Doc. Thank you for that. Um, okay, I think that does it for the week. Uh, that that uh, for the questions that came in throughout the week. If I missed your question, uh, you can shoot me an email uh, during the rest of the show, and I'll try to uh, be on the lookout for it. Uh, I apologize if I've missed anybody, uh, but we're going to go to the comments now and take live questions. 
Uh, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, gosh, we got 43 people in, uh, in here with us now. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Uh, this is uh, the highlight of our week. Um, like I said earlier, we do this every single Tuesday. Uh, so thank you for hanging out with us. Um, let's see here. Um, who am I missing? Who have I not seen? Uh, oh, uh, so uh, Jordan came in. So thankful for Dr. Raj. I finally got to meet him last week, and he gave me so much hope. That's awesome. Uh, Jordan, hey, thank Jordan. you for, uh, for being here with us tonight. And, it's great to meet uh, you, too. Glad you got to uh, hang out with Doc a little bit. Um, okay, let's get to to Lisa's question. Lisa, thank you for sharing the, the broadcast here. Uh, Lisa's saying, I'm having terrible cramps in torso, trunk, neck, and legs. If I, if I move, I draw up in a cramp. Cause and fix, please. Uh, what's, your, what's, what's your thoughts on this? Lisa, we need to get to the bottom of that. Um, yeah. So it sounds like muscle cramps. Um, you know, first thing I would do, start taking some magnesium tonight if you're not. Just take 500 milligrams of magnesium before you go to bed. Um, you may have an electrolyte problem, like low sodium is more of a cause than low potassium, believe it or not. Um, you know, you may, you may be sweating, working out, losing electrolytes. I don't know. But certainly, you know, pop by one of our offices and, or your doctor, whoever, and get a, um, a CMP, which will complete metabolic panel, which will show us your, um, your potassium, sodium, sugar levels, renal function, uh, liver function. So yeah, something's going on there that, uh, should be, we should be able to find the cause of that. You know, I don't know if you're, you know, you're working out too hard and getting depleted or, you know, what's going on with you, but that's something that we need to look at. But, you know, if, if they're like a Charlie horse in your calf, um, usually magnesium will help that. And if you're low on your sodium, you may be on a diuretic or sometimes medicines can cause some of these things too. So make sure you haven't added any new medicines lately or even, even supplements, but um, pop in and let us, you know, check some blood work first, but tell you, if you're not on magnesium, get on it tonight. And uh, I don't know how your abdomen is if you're having abdominal cramps as well. Uh, but, you know, that's certainly something you need to be, uh, seen about and looked at. I uh, hope that helps. Lisa, thank you so much for that question. Some people uh, drink so much water that they deplete yeah. their sodium and they cramp. So I'll, I'll never, good. You, you know, this story, uh, I actually reminisce with, uh, uh, one of my, one of my best buddies, uh, JP Smith. I was traveling with him. Do you remember this story? It's in Australia playing tennis or no, this was in, this was in Illinois. And, um, and, and it was just a super hot day and Illinois is super hot in the summer. And, uh, and he drank, he drank so much water. Um, he, he almost went into a coma. They, they didn't know what was going on. So we, we took him to the hospital and, um, and they, they had to fill, they, they originally were feeling, they thought he was dehydrated, but he was, he was, um, so they were doing just normal uh, saline bags and then they had to do something else because he was, his, his sodium levels were so low. Uh, but it was, it was crazy. I remember they spent the night, he was hospitalized for cramping yeah. yep. from extreme low sodium. Extreme low sodium because all of the water he drank depleted his, his sodium levels. Yeah. Um, yeah. That of course is extreme. 
Um, and it was, it was extremely hot that day. I'll never forget. Most people don't eat enough salt. You know, salt yeah. gets demonized, but only about 20% of people are salt sensitive with their hypertension. But most people don't eat enough salt. Um, and salt's good for you. So, yeah, get that checked out. Um, let's get to, to Jeanne's question. Uh, Dr. Rogers, I was tested today and have COVID. I've been on Ozempic since middle of July and had to stop last week due to AFib and pretty bad nausea. I was hoping to start back today with the Ozempic, but now COVID, I didn't know what I should do. Still in AFib and had an appointment with heart doctor, but of course had to cancel that appointment. Uh, what's your what's your thoughts for Jeanne? First of all, Jeanne, I hope you, hope you feel better and uh, get well soon. Um, what's your thoughts with this? Yeah. Um, well, I'm hoping that you get over the COVID. If, if you're having difficulty with this, please call us um, tomorrow. But, um, you know, the Ozempic, you know, should not cause AFib. Um, I've never seen that. It can cause nausea. Um, you know, I'd probably hold off on taking it right now just because your efforts now are going to be getting over this the COVID, you know, which with this mutation is pretty mild. Um, so, but the AFib, you know, it depends on what your rate is and everything. Usually we put people on a blood thinner. So you, you probably need to get on an aspirin, especially if you have COVID right now and, you know, see if uh, they can't, you know, get you out of AFib. But, you know, the danger with AFib is, is blood clots because the top part of your heart is not pumping correctly. It's quivering. So you can develop a, a, a blood clot in that right atrium because it's not pumping everything out. Some of it's just sludge at a standstill. So you definitely need to get on an aspirin if you're not on an, another um, blood thinner now, like Eliquis or something. But, um, you know... Uh, with a combination of COVID and AFib, it might be reasonable to put you on Eliquis, which is a, a more potent blood thinner than aspirin is. So I would hold off on the Ozempic, um, you know, pop your vitamin levels way up. And, you know, if you want further treatment uh, for it, call our office. Um, hopefully you have a pretty mild case. It seems to be the uh, what's going around is pretty mild. I always take it seriously, though, uh, depending on the symptoms. Check your O2 sats and let us know what your blood pressure and heart rate are. Um, you certainly don't want to get those O2 sats in the low 90s. So hopefully you have a, a, a uh, oxygen monitor uh, that you put on the end of your finger. So hold off on the Ozempic. Get better from your COVID and um, then hopefully get your AFib reversed. Um, AFib is so common. I uh, hope that helps, Jan. Hope you feel better. Um, let's get to, let's see, Kimberly has a question. Um, Kimberly is asking, I have a question that I'm not sure he would want to answer. Um, uh, it's about cholesterol medicine and Benadryl, if it's okay to take both at bedtime. Um, What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, you're probably taking Benadryl to sleep. Um, and your cholesterol medicine is fine to take at night if you want. Um, remember, if you're on a statin, make sure you take CoQ10 with it because uh, it 
can deplete your CoQ10 levels. Um, so, and so can metformin. But yeah, it's fine to take them together. I don't see any contraindication to that. Not off the top All of my right. head. All right, Kimberly, thank you for that. Let's go to Emily's question. Um, I'm 29 weeks pregnant, and it was recommended by my OB to take aspirin 81 milligrams daily to prevent uh, blood clots. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Let me just make sure I got that right because I see Emily put in another comment. Uh, did I get that right, Emily? Got it. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, apparently Emily has COVID. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's what, well, I don't think that's a routine recommendation. Okay. Pregnant okay. Women, but yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I agree with that. Okay. So 20 COVID can definitely cause blood clots. So yeah, I wholeheartedly okay. agree with that. Okay. And, and it is clarified Emily, Emily has COVID. So that's, that's why you're, you're saying that's right. Yeah, and make sure you're taking vitamin D and some zinc and vitamin C. I know you're on your prenatal, but um, you may want to ramp that up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so I agree. Okay. All right. Thank you, Aura, for uh, for helping us out there. Uh, Emily, I hope that helps. I hope you feel better. Um, and uh, hope hope to... Uh, everything is is well with with the with the baby. I'm super pumped for you there. Um, all right, so I, I think that's gonna do it for our questions uh, tonight. Uh, man, we we're we gonna have Dr. Ike tonight. I know um, I know people oh, were disappointed yeah, we last week. Um, yeah, yeah, he had a, he Ike did very well with his minor surgical procedure. I won't tell you what that was, but you can probably guess. But I'm hoping Ike will come down here. Um, <laughs> I don't hear him. I know, down, I know people want to see, want to see Ike. Um, but I, I do have to just uh, tell everyone how much we appreciate y'all hanging out with us and, and, uh, and letting us talk health and wellness with you for an hour. Um, we, we certainly do appreciate everybody who's listening to this live as well as to everyone who's listening to this uh, on the podcast here in a couple days. Um, so <laughs> Look, even even Katie's only sticking around for Ike. I feel like everyone's sticking around for Ike. Uh, I think you know, Rachel. We love you back, but I but I know you're here for Ike as well. Um, so we, we got to get some Ike in here, hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get soon. Ike in here in just a second. <laughs> I hope he'll come down here. He's been rambunctious tonight for some reason, but um, he went to his first training class last week. Was the best dog in the class. He went today and he was the worst dog in the class. So um, I'm hoping that he straightens out. Hey, there he is. Hey, Ike, come here. Was Ike come bad here. today in training? Apparently. Apparently he wouldn't cooperate today. Well, how, how much there is he, he weighing now? Gosh, he's about 40 pounds now. He's close to pounds. We think he's a mini, but... Uh, He's come. Everybody he's says he's no, he's no mini. But, uh, <laughs> for some reason, he's running away. He usually loves yeah. the camera. Ike loves the camera. I have, I have no doubt that once he, once he sees that you know everyone is here for he him. He's you. He's going to really get fired up. So here he comes. Let's get him on here real quick. Even and, 
Everybody's saying we want Ike. Rachel wants right. Ike. I know. All right, here he uh, is. Matt wants Ike. Come here, Ike. All right, say hi. Say hi to him. <laughs> He's getting big, isn't he? He dwarfs me. Look how big his head is compared to mine. <laughs> as long as we just got, we got uh, Ike. What's going on, man? Guys, so this is Ike. This is uh, this is the 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 star of the show. Uh, Matt calling him Doctor Ike. Uh, I think Lisa called him uh, Nurse Ike. Um, uh, what's up, man? How's it going? <laughs> How are you? He needs a haircut. <laughs> I, I'm thinking no to the haircut. I think the shaggy look works for him. Um, you see, we got Terry. Uh, Rachel wants him in the office Thursday. Uh, let's see here. Katie's he like, Katie said office. he wants me. He, he loves Katie. Yeah. He definitely loves yeah, Katie. He, he likes uh, me, though. Look, see? See, he likes me. He gets me up every uh, morning. See, Linda's in here. We like Ike. I, I like that. I like that. Um, all right. Uh, well, guys, we certainly do appreciate you guys. Ike, thanks for hanging out with us tonight and showing your uh, your beautiful face. Um, it was good to see you this weekend. I got to hang out with Ike a little bit. Um, hot man, this has been a, uh, a blast. Thanks, um, Ben. <laughs> Bye, Ike. Are you ready to end the show? How do you want to end the show? Is it time to go? It's time to go. <laughs> A little outro. All right, guys. Love you guys. Thank you all so much for, for being with us live. Uh, as I said before, we do this every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. This is the Performance Medicine Show. We answer your health and wellness questions. Love you guys. We'll see you all next week. I'm going to find my outro. Ike, we'll see you next time, man. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.